Adam and Hamilton says when Anthony Calvillo was leading the Alouettes, everyone wanted to see them lose. Yeah, because they won all the time. I mean, I there are those. I will say this, that you can't help but respect. You may hate them. You may hate them, but deep down, there's a party that loves them. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yes, it is. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show, your favorite. Whoa! We're off to a great start. Daytime sports talk show coming at you from the Florida studio. One half of the show. Darren Moose DuPont is in Toronto, Liberty Village at the Game Plus Studios. So uh, one half of the show is here in Florida. The other half is in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And uh, Moose, uh, how you been? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to a brand new weekend. Yeah, happy Tuesday. Weekend's too long, man, but it was worth it. Everything's great, and I uh, hope things are good down there. It looks great. Hey, listen, it was your idea to take the day off. I mean, come on, listen. That's where I'm going to start with this. I was uh, listening to Ryan O Radio this morning. We're not only on Game Plus Television, but we're also on the radio in Atlanta, WQEE. And I was watching, because he puts it on Facebook Live, Ryan O Radio, the radio penitentiary. That's the morning show. Way more fun than it sounds. And uh, Ryan gave me a shout out and he was like, hey, Rod, hope you enjoyed the day off. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like yelling at the screen. I didn't want the day off. Moose made us take the day off. I know it was National Truth and Reconciliation Day, but there were some people saying maybe we should just acknowledge that, but have the show. And no, I, most shows on Game Plus television took the, uh, the Monday to observe the holiday. I Listen, I totally understand that. And I'm just going to say... This, before we jump into the normal sports talk stuff, um, did I enjoy the day off? Yes, I've been advised that I need to take more time resting. It's just not my nature. And uh, yesterday, Moose, I was, so I was strolling them all, because you know me, I'm a mall rat. I was doing yeah. my loser laps around Boca Town Center, and I told you the story before we went to the air. I'm not lying. I hear this, right? I'm like, there's... Nobody's yelling at me. Run! <laughs> I look, it's, it's Bill Lindsay, the guy who scored the biggest goal in Florida Panthers history with his dad, Junie, and his wife, Carrie. And they said, hey, you want to go for lunch with us? I said, yeah, yeah. And we created a monster with his Cats and Bolts podcast that Serena and I are hosting because now all the Panther people want to go on that instead of this show. So we got we to gotta find a way to keep them all happy. And I'll say one last really odd story, which you don't seem to have a problem believing, but I do. I was having coffee by myself downtown Boca at a Starbucks, and the guy at the next table is like, excuse me, you're Rod. I'm like, yes. He goes, you, you have the sports show, the Rod Peterson show? I'm like, yes. He goes, what? I've watched it. You know Chris. I'm like, Chris who? Chris Carter, Duran's dad. He lives here. You know Chris? I looked you up. You guys buddies? I'm like, yes. What's, what's happening here? So that's, that's all what happened on my day off, Moose. So maybe I needed a day off to get some God shots going. I don't know. What's your read on that? I know, right? I mean, but that's just that, the sign, right? I mean, you knew it was going to not take time, but, I mean, it's happening everywhere. I told you. It's only a matter of time before you go down there, and it's going to be exactly the same as back in Saskatchewan and back in Canada. Look, it's going to start happening here in Toronto and other places. So, uh, 
It's it's great. The guy's name was Adam, and he was like, why? <laughs> he started laughing. He's like, why why are you so freaked out? I said, because it normally happens in Canada, but it doesn't it doesn't very often happen here. So uh, here we are. Let's go. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Bryce? Uh, well, I'm dropping stuff all over the place. Uh, Ryan O'Radio says, though, glad you had a great day off. So I guess I just realized that, yeah, I needed that day off for all these reasons. And um, I see everybody's writing in with their own comments, and that's awesome. I continue. I, I encourage you to do that. But let's remember, it's the Rod Peterson Show, and this is the warm-up, and it's me and Moose's time. So we'll get to the points when we get to the points. Thanks. EMJ Marketing text lines open 902-518-3033. They'll provide the perfect keynote speaker for your event. Look up Joe at emjmarketing.com. So we're going to start with baseball. Number one, the Toronto Blue Jays kick off their American League wildcard playoff series with the Minnesota Twins this afternoon at Target Field in Minneapolis. The Twins host the best of three affair after winning the American League Central. We all know the Jays advanced to the playoffs by claiming the third American League wildcard spot. It is Kevin Gosman going for the Blue Jays today in game one against Minnesota's Pablo Lopez. And of course, it's a full day of baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays and the Rangers meet in game one of their American League wildcard series. Rangers won four of the seven games against the Rays this year. In the National League, the NL Central champion Milwaukee Brewers host the Arizona Diamondbacks, while the Philadelphia Phillies are home to the Miami Marlins. And one thing that Bill Lindsay and I agreed on yesterday, could you imagine a Blue Jays-Marlins World Series? <laughs> there would be blood in the streets! And while we are football and hockey first on this show, we're still sports people. We still follow it. I read all the prognostications and everything and the stats for this series. Darren, these are two very good baseball teams, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins, uh, who split a six-game season series in the regular year. So we'll get to the poll question in a moment. It pertains to this series. But I'm sure in Toronto, the folks are very geeked up for game one today. They are very geeked up, you know, and I was, I'm excited for it, but like even around here, just the office water cooler talk, everybody's dialed into who's going to be on the pitching oh, rotation yeah. and who's going to be left on and off the roster. It is wild. Um, so it's going to be great, but you have, every team's good now in the playoffs because so few make the playoffs. And the other thing I think that's really an opportunity here for the Blue Jays is you can say from one series to the next that it's a clean slate or you got to reset. But mentally, it's hard to reset. But here's a real chance, right? The, the, the regular season is gone. Your record now is 0-0. Zero, zero. Yep. You're starting fresh. This is a real chance for that club host to reset and for them to really come out and be a, be a good baseball team here in the playoffs. I'm excited. So the poll question today for our friends at Kia Auto Group is, I'll get to that in a moment, the all-new 2024 Kia Sportage reimagines innovation in motion. It pushes the boundaries of the urban SUV design and technology with refinement and purpose. Go to keyyorktonkia.com for more information. The 2024 Kia Sportage movement that inspires, it's very simply, who will win this series? And I've got the Toronto Blue Jays. I'll vote for Darren. Well, he can vote for himself. He's a big boy, but he's going to vote for the Toronto Blue Jays, obviously. So that's our team. And going into the year, and all those power rankings that I read, the Jays were 6th, 7th, or 8th, somewhere in there in all of Major League Baseball. So they were believed to be a better team going into the year. They had more wins in the regular season, two more than the Twins that won their division. So, yeah, I'm excited. Go. Okay, Blue Jays.
Let's play ball. Now, we're going to move on to point two, and that is the... Yeah, buddy. Hey, Clark, where's Alec Manoa, by the way? Do we know where he is? Am I? Okay, okay, am I? So if the Blue Jays lose this series, you know it's all going to be dumped on him. But let's just not plan for that to happen. Point two, the Calgary Flames spotted the Winnipeg Jets a 3-1 second period lead, then roared back to beat the visitors 5-4 in NHL preseason play Monday night. Matt Coronado had a goal and two helpers for the Flames, while David Gustafson had two goals for the Jets. In Seattle, Xavier Bourgeau scored twice, while Connor McDavid and Matthias Janmark added singles as the Edmonton Oilers beat the Kraken 4-1. Kyler Yamamoto scored for Seattle. Nick Suzuki scored 31 seconds into overtime on Monday, and the visiting Montreal Canadiens rallied to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-4 at Scotiabank Arena. Montreal's Josh Anderson, with a netminder pulled for an extra attacker, scored at 19-19 in the third to tie the game at 4-all and force overtime. Johnny Tavares scored twice for the Leafs. And goalie Eunice Corpusalo who signed a five-year, $20 million deal with the Senators this summer, stopped 40 shots Monday night to help his squad blank the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-0 in Halifax in NHL play, preseason play. Ridley Gregg, Brady Kachuk, and Tim Stutzla scored for the Senators. So, I think you know where I'm going with this. We're going to get to the NFL in a moment, and all the way too soon overreactions four games into the NFL season. We're not even in the freaking game one of the NHL season. And everybody's saying how great the Ottawa Senators are and they're going to be in the playoffs and this and that. So I want to spend a little time here, not necessarily all of it right here, because I knew we got a lot of football fans here that want to talk ball, and we will get to that. But I want to know, who are the NHL preseason frauds? I'm not necessarily saying the Senators are frauds. I'm not. Clearly, they're going to be better. But, Darren, let's just pump the brakes for a second. And I have this calmly and reasonably thought out for once. You know how many teams play their starters in all sports, particularly losing teams, perennial losing teams, just to get that mental edge and that jump? And it's not that the Flames are losers, but they beat Vancouver 10-0 in the first game. Remember that? All veterans yeah. for the most. Huberto, Cadre, Markstrom in goal. The Flames might be a preseason fraud. They're 4-1-1. and And I see people saying on Facebook that doesn't mean anything, but it's a solid start. Yeah, but that's by design. They're engineering in that way. And by the way, I'm a Flames fan. You all know Ryan Husk is a friend of mine. They're head coach, but they're doing it by design. The Devils are 5-0. and The Senators are 5-1. and Dude, we, we can't put any stock in anything. Unless I've completely misread it. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Well, I like the, you know, I, I, you're right. You can't put stock in it. How many times, you know, what was the record for the, you know, Baltimore Ravens and their preseason wins? Now they were 24 a, wins a, in a row. Right. They've oh, always this been a year. pretty good team. Yeah. They've always been a pretty good team, but they've never, you know, it's been a while since they've been a Super Bowl team, even though they're winning every preseason game since Kingdom Come. Right, so you can't really put a lot of stock in it. But at the same time, the Devils, I would think, are probably for real. They've proven it in the regular season, and it translates to the playoffs. Great. Um, Ottawa's, you know, we expect them to take a step forward. We expect 
you know, them to be good. But again, you have to prove it in the regular season. They've started slow the last three years. So, you know, I don't, you can't. You can't put much stock in it, but I understand. Especially in Ryan Huska's case in, in Calgary, you want to put your guys out there. You want to win some games. You want to change the culture and have a winning attitude around that team going into the regular season. The point is we fall for it every year in every league. You know, I was reading in an NFL article this morning, you know, we're a month into the regular season. And that's true, but that's still damn early. People have the Bengals written off, and they have, well, we're going to get to the Patriots in a second. But I'm just saying, hey, hey, think what you want. And later on in hour two, we're going to go through the NHL records, and it's going to be kind of a preseason version of deal or no deal. Which preseason record is symbolic of what the team actually is? You know what I mean? Because uh, here in Florida, I think Sergei Bobrovsky's played one game. One. I watched it against Nashville here. And he was awesome. He was really good. But that's only one game, and he's your number one guy. It's not what the preseason is for. It's not for winning games, okay? Uh, Our hockey coverage is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company. In Calgary, 28th Street Northeast. Head down to the tap room Thursday through Saturday, noon to 8 p.m. Check out Common Crown Brewing at commoncrown.ca. Football rookie cornerback Devin Witherson scored on a 97-yard pick six late in the third quarter. And the visiting Seattle Seahawks tied a team record with uh, 11 sacks and a 24-3 Monday night football victory over the struggling New York Jets Sunday. Geno Smith threw a six-yard TD pass to DK Metcalf late in the first quarter, and Kenneth Walker III scored on a one-yard run just before halftime as the Seahawks won their third straight. We need a welfare check on my guy Chris Sanford because I texted him this morning. You know Chris Sanford. You met him from the Bronx. I said, I just texted him. I said, what's wrong with the Giants? That's his team. Haven't heard back from him. So I, should we be worried? The the, the Giants should be. We're we're learning why Brian Dable was the coach of the year in the NFL last year. It was getting this sad sack bunch into the playoffs. But we're not here to talk about the New York Giants. Enough people are talking about them. Um, Other week four leftovers. My biggest one is the Dallas Cowboys not only having our way with the New England Patriots, 38-3 in Jerry World. But it was the biggest loss, the worst loss in Bill Belichick's time in New England. And the Patriots are 1-3 in in a very tough division. And I wondered, Aaron, because all good things come to an end, when does Robert Kraft tap him on the shoulder and say, yeah, Bill, clean out your office? I, my per- I'll go first. I don't think it'll be this year. But me, probably not next year. So 2025 is when Bill Belichick gets fired, just based on the loyalty of six Super Bowls and so forth. But Mac Jones, they're talking about cutting him, buying him out, trading him, like, which is another thing, Tom. You didn't want Tom Brady. You thought this guy was going to be the next big thing. And that wasn't the case. You got rid of Garoppolo back in the day. So when do you think they fire Bill Belichick? Or do you, do you think they do at all? The stat that I saw over the weekend is with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick won 77% of his games. Since Tom Brady, he's won 47% of his games. If you want to know who won the Brady-Belichick sweepstakes, right, or the the battle there, it's pretty clear. Um, 
nobody's questioning, for the most part, Bill's ability as a coach. What I'm seeing questioned most right now is his ability to bring in talent as a GM. So I really see Robert Kraft maybe making a move there saying, Bill, look it, why don't you just concentrate on coaching? We'll bring somebody else in that'll handle all the player management and bring in the guys and, and help get you a better roster. Because that's an area that he's really mismanaged a little bit, I think, <laughs> more than anything, is getting the right guys in there. So I think that will happen before we see Bill get fired. We're all in the number-crunching business as my guy Brendan Tabbitt always said, we're in a results-based business. And as my other friend, Mydale Mike Lee says, every business is a results-based business. You're one in three, Bill. You just read the numbers. And we'll get to the woeful Calgary Stampeders who are in a similar situation in the CFL. This is what your record is. I don't care if you're a nice guy. Who's paying for this and something needs to change? When we come back, we will talk about some CFL, some George Reed, look at the NHL tonight, some randoms. I'm going to talk about a very funny thing LeBron said. Did the Blue Jays celebrate too much, clinching a playoff berth by losing on the weekend? We got a lot to get to. We'll be right back. This is the warm-up. We're halfway through it. You're watching on the Game Plus Television Network, listening on WQEE Radio in Atlanta, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Okay, guys, RP here, and I'm proud to be teaming up again with Manscaped this fall, the worldwide leader in below-the-waist grooming. Look, sponsors want people pushing their products who actually use them, and I'm that guy. I've been using the lawnmower for years. Not just your typical clipper. Its contoured design and no clunky cords eliminate all the hassle when you're doing your own manscaping in the bathroom. And please tell me you do that. But then for guys my age, you're going to want to add the Weed Whacker 2.0 to your shed. It's for ears, nose, and anywhere else that hair grows where you don't want it. Let's face it, we don't want to admit it, but it's a fact. Just one hair out of place, in the wrong place, can be the end of it. So here's what you do. Go to manscaped.com right now and use the promo code THERPSHOW. All one word. It's live right now. If you tried to buy these products separately, you'd be paying hundreds of dollars, but you'll pay a fraction with the promo code THERPSHOW and get them all in one package. The promo code THERPSHOW gets you 20% off your order and free shipping. Care about yourself, for God's sakes. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code THERPSHOW. You can thank me later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Manscaped has done it again. Introducing the Handyman Facial Razor. It's brand new and not for your junk. It's for up top. And like every Manscaped product, tons of thought has gone into it. Sleek, compact, and charges by USB. Can you believe that? 
fits well into your shaving kit for road trips. Order the Handyman today at manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code VRPSHOW. That's manscaped.com, 20% off with the promo code VRPSHOW. I'm in Florida, the Moose is in Toronto, and we're going to switch gears to the Canadian Football League here. When I was having lunch with Bill Lindsay yesterday and his wonderful family, beautiful family, Moose, uh, Billy says, uh, well, he's had a lot of things. Uh, he was like, he goes, I looked you up. You've done pretty much everything there is to do in broadcasting. And I'm like, uh, that's a fact, Jack. And I've realized this is exactly what I want to do. I'm doing exactly what I want to do the most. And he goes, you do a lot of CFL coverage, huh? And I'm like, well, yeah. As our business manager here, what's Joe's title? Business manager, CEO. He's like, fish where the fish are. We are a Canadian television show, so we're going to talk about the Canadian Football League a lot. And I was in the league for 20 years. So here's your week 17 scores. Have they stopped crying in Winnipeg yet? where the Blue Bombers beat the Chad Kelly-less Toronto Argonauts 31-21 Friday night. Rough Riders lost again. Saskatchewan at BC 33-26. That's four in a row for the Green guys. Losses. Uh, BC's won four in a row, right? Uh, Saturday doubleheader. Death, taxes, and Cody Fajardo winning. The Montreal quarterback <laughs> won. They won in Ottawa, 32-15 to clinch a playoff berth. And then the Hamilton Tiger Cats knocked off the Calgary Stampeders, 22-15 at Tim Hortons Field. I almost said Ivorwind Stadium, showing you how old I am. So there's a lot to unpack there. And, of course, the iconic George Reed passed on the weekend at the age of 83, one day shy of his 84th birthday. A good personal friend of mine, he is... Voted the best, second best all-time player in CFL history. How about that from TSN? So we'll get to the G unit. We'll get to the G unit in a second. But man, oh man, do we have a wide open race with three games to go. Um, And they do ask me down here what's going on in the CFL. I've kind of become known as the CFL guy, and I wear that with a huge badge of honor. What are we going to talk about? Winnipeg and BC are tied for first in the West at 11-4, and four, and they meet this weekend. How about that? We'll basically decide first place. Huh? Um, yeah, have they stopped crying in Winnipeg? Have you heard, Darren? <laughs> I don't know, but that game with no Chad Kelly was a lot closer than I think Winnipeg fans were hoping. They thought it was going to be a walk in the park. No, it's a good Toronto team top to bottom regardless, and that's what good teams do, right? I mean, we saw it in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you saw Geno Smith go down, who came in, Drew Locke, and let him on a touchdown drive. You know, good yep. teams fill the holes and have capable backups who can come in and manage the game. They're maybe not going to light the world on fire like they would with Chad Kelly at quarterback, but it's a good team regardless. Um, and it sets up a really good uh, big game this week with first place on the line in the West. So lots to be decided here down the stretch. Yeah, I haven't really looked ahead to this weekend's games. It's only Tuesday, y'all, which was which is another thing. My sponsor, Bob, you know him. He was like, how do you not have a show Monday? But we're coming out of the Chiefs uh, Jets game. Everybody wants to talk about it. And I'm like, Bob, wasn't my call. Chill. Um, but that's what Monday's for, putting to bed the weekend. And then today they're all talking about... <laughs> 
ESPN, they might as well just rebrand it and call it the Cowboys Network. Like I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm 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 tired of it. I don't under I don't understand. I, they're playing in prime time again this Sunday night. It's just dumb. I know. You have you were meeting with Game Plus all morning, so you haven't seen what was on ESPN and like a cr- ticker across the bottom or the headline is this week's game for the Cowboys at versus San Fran must win. No, it's week five. What the hell's wrong with you guys? You know better. Uh, Thank God I had three days off this weekend. Yeah, (laughs) to recharge and relax. Can't you tell? Uh, Ryan in upstate New York says, uh, Argos Bombers appeared to be a good game uh, from the highlights I watched. Yeah, well, yeah. I think Bombers led, though, didn't they, all game? So it wasn't that great. wasn't as good as if Chad Kelly had played, but it's last week. Uh, I will get to the, well, we got to get to the George Reed thing. But, I mean, if you ever want to know my thoughts, if we're not on the air here, go to rodpeterson.com. I got a commentary running there every day. Uh, I call them on weekends. And so I gave my thoughts on George Reed's passing. The guy retired in 1975 as the all-time leading rusher in Canadian Football League history. And look, the thing is, the older people, and yes, we're the number one rated show in our demographic, 55-plus in Canada. That's a fact, Jack. So all those people watching right now, they all know George Reed. The younger people have no idea because, quite frankly, I'm old, and he retired when I was three. So I never watched him play live. I just got to know him as a friend. And... But he's an icon for all these reasons. Went into the Hall of Fame in 1979. But more than any, I, listen, you can read that on his Wikipedia. He was cool. And what I think, it, uh, listen, you can't schedule feelings, feel however you want. But I didn't shed a tear over it. I had a friend call me yesterday, really nice guy. Good friend of mine, you know him, Darren. He was like, you're all alone down there in Florida. Did it, has anybody checked in on you, how you're doing with George's passing? And I'm like, well, the last couple of years in George Reed's life haven't been that pleasant. You saw it yourself, Darren. He, had, he couldn't walk up the stairs in our studio the last time he came on. Didn't he say when he left, he's like, next time I come, make sure there's a damn elevator here. Didn't George say that? Yeah. that, that that's George. Okay. He's cool, smoked a pack a day, and his noggin was as sharp. I've often thought about CTE as it relates to George or any running back. I'm like, who took more hits in a career than George Flippin' Reed? 13 seasons in the CFL as a running back, and his noggin is as good as the day it rolled off the assembly line. I know. You know, so it's not really about the hits. It's about how you're made. And George was made to play football and score touchdowns. And he's still the all-time Rough Riders leading rusher. I mean, I, I was on the radio in Edmonton yesterday. They asked me to come on and talk about him. And I got a million George Reed stories. But I'll remember this because, as you know, I'm pretty good friends with Wes Cates, the second all-time leading rusher in Rough Riders history. The Wes Cates from Columbus, Ohio. And I remember when I was sitting with Wes. We had the record book out. 
and we're like, hey, Wes, congratulations. You just became the second leading rusher in CFL history. Uh, let's see how far you are behind the number one guy. George Rue, whoa! You're not catching him. It's like, how about that? 50, whatever it was, 12,000 yards behind him. Like, forget it, Wes. <laughs> You're never catching George. So, yeah. Um, hey, Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg. I like this. Yeah. Patrolman Pete writes in. He says, your picture of George Reed is one of the best CFL pictures I've ever seen, Rod. Thank you. That's the one that I put up at rodpeterson.com and all over our social media. I'm, yeah, I took that photo. Because George used to come down to Taylor Field on his lunch break. He was an ambassador at Casino Regina. And we would stand there and watch practice together. It wasn't every day, but once or twice a week. And one day the sun was shining on George and in the background was his banner of him as a player. Three sections up. And I'm like, man, I got to whip out my camera because I always had it with me. And I took that photo. So uh, I don't just yak it up on the old yak box every day. I, I, I got something between my ears too. And to be honest, I took that photo probably 15 years ago. And I've been waiting 15 years to use it because I knew it would go so. And just, George just looked great, sounded great. Everything he said was smart. Cool guy. Uh, any thoughts from you before we move on? I just rem well, I just remember, you know, everybody's talking about how gracious he was with his time and what kind of a great guy he was. And, and we have, you know, had that. I mean, um, those times we spent at Smoke and Oakey's having dinner with him. Remember when Ricky the mascot came by for dinner? On, was it George's birthday? And then uh, Richie Hall came in and Mike O'Shea. We all had a great time. Uh, that was awesome. But that was George. But that day when he came in for our 100th show and we invited him, I mean, he couldn't have said yes faster that he wanted to be there for our 100th show. Came into yeah. the studio. And free lunch. He took so many hits. I mean, you talk about his, head, his mind being sharp. His knees probably took the worst of it, right? And he had the walker by the end, and oh, yeah. he couldn't get in. And I said, George, you need some help. And he looked at me, he's like, I don't need no help. And he got up those stairs, you know, two flights to our studio using the railing, and he, and he just didn't want it, and he made it all the way up there. And then, yeah, you're right, at the end, turned around on the way out and said, next time, I get a damn elevator in here. And uh, that was the kind of guy George would stop for all the photos, wanted to be in and, and everything, and uh, loved having him support what we're doing. 2013 season, Canadian Football League season, uh, George's record for most 100-yard rushing games, nine 100-yard rushing games in a season was tied by Corey Sheets. And that's, I remember saying at the time, that's the football god saying, we'll let Corey tie the record, but we won't let him break the record. That's the football gods. And one day I was just hanging out with George and I was like, hey, what do you think about your record being tied by Corey Sheets? And George is like, yeah, well, he did it in 18 games. I didn't, did it in 16. <laughs> right? Um, I dropped my gong. John Ohm says, I want more George stories. I love these. I could go on forever. Buy a ticket to a sports banquet I'm speaking at. Terry the lawyer. I just dropped my pen. Terry the lawyer writes in. He says, George Reed versus Wayne Harris was always memorable. Linebacker for Calgary. 
Bo in Saskatoon says he was an icon and down to earth, sat right next to the fans in all the preseason practices held in Saskatoon when he could come to them. So, yeah, uh, you talk about sports icons. He, and he came to the Canadian Football League in 1963 because it paid more than the NFL. That is probably that? the most unbelievable thing of all the accolades and stories you've heard about the G unit. Number 34, George. Who would believe that? But that was the case in 1963. Again, it's in my commentary. He drove from Seattle to Regina. He drove right past Regina. That's how small it is. Home of the Rough Riders. Going stopped in Pilot Butte at a gas station. He's like, excuse me, sir. Unfolds his map. I'm looking for Regina. Guy goes, you passed it. <laughs> okay, Moose. You got to go. I'll uh, see you in hour two. Sounds good. See you then. The birthday boy, Mo Egger, joins us next from ESPN Cincinnati Radio. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio in Atlanta, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Welcome back to the show with the most. And our football coverage is brought to you in part by Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beer. Check him out at SoberCarpenter.com. And we are talking ball today. Let's welcome in our good friend Mo Egger from ESPN Cincinnati. Hey, Mo, a little birdie told me it's your birthday today. Happy birthday, big guy. What did you get me? Thank you. What did you get me? <laughs> A chance to spend five minutes on this show. You're welcome. I can't think of anything I'd rather have. This is exactly what I wanted. Approved. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. How are you going to celebrate your birthday at your 30th today? Uh, I'm going to go to work and do a radio show and then uh, come home and watch the baseball playoffs. It's going to be crazy. Oh, yes. Just absolute crazy night at my house. <laughs> That's a pretty good birthday as far as I'm concerned. Mo, I'm going to give the yes. opportunity to talk about something you haven't talked about much the last couple of weeks, and that is what's wrong with the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, Joe Burrow is compromised physically. Everything starts from there. Now, the Bengals' issues go deeper than, you know, simply a calf issue. Uh, the, the defense in three of the last four games has been a, a profound disappointment. But I, I think what you're watching is a, a quarterback who is limited and a coaching staff who can't figure out how to function offensively while he's limited. And so if you combine those two things together, you are being completely reasonable if you wonder why is he still playing. It's one thing if you go, look, he's going to have to gut it out, and they gut it out, and they figure out a way to work around the injury enough to have the offense function. But they haven't scored a touchdown in the first half, an offensive touchdown in the first half of any game this season. This team has scored 49 points total in four games. And the, the personnel offensively has otherwise been healthy. Now, T. Higgins is now dealing with a rib issue, and so... We'll see how that affects him moving forward. But they have started uh, the, the five offensive linemen who they wanted to start. Jamar Chase has played every game. Joe Mixon has played every game. But Joe Burrow is not healthy, and he's not comfortable, and they haven't figured out a way to work around that. Uh, they've had him throw way too much. On uh, Sunday, you saw a game plan the Tennessee Titans employed, which I think is going to be copied all season long, which was, okay, he can't move. 
He can't throw deep. We're not going to give him time to throw deep. We're going to come after him. We're going to send a lot of guys. And if he can't move out of the pocket, we're going to bring him to the ground. That is a recipe not only for your offense to not function, but for your quarterback to suffer further injury. And so the first four games, uh, frankly, could not have been more disastrous for a team that had bona fide Super Bowl aspirations. And uh, moving forward, they say Joe is going to play on Sunday. Uh, again, I think you're being reasonable if you question whether or not that is uh, the right thing to do. Yeah, and that's at Arizona. But I, I just checked that my notes. The Bengals were favored by two and a half going into Tennessee. So I guess if Joe was healthy, they would have had a chance. But I want you know everything falls on the coach. So what did sure. what did Zach Taylor say after that game? why he left him in, and what is he saying about why he's starting this week? When it's very obvious to everybody, because just this morning on your television network, ESPN, the pundits were saying, get him out. It's very evident right here. He's hurt. Get him out. Why are they not getting him out? Uh, it doesn't make any sense, Rod. Uh, they, you know, when, when they lost their first two games, at the end of that second game, Joe came limping off and acknowledged that he aggravated the injury. And then they they came back. He played. They eked out a win against the Rams. Joe wasn't good. And they talked about, look, yes, there was risk running him out there, but the, the greater risk was going 0-3. And, and, and I could understand that to a point, but, I, you know, I may protect the investment guy. Th this team made him the highest-paid player in the history of the sport, $219 million guaranteed, 275 overall value of the contract. <clears throat> protect the investment. And, Look, I understand you don't want to start one in four. You don't want to start one in five. If you don't play, Joe, maybe you run that risk. Um, there is no more valuable investment in Cincinnati sports right now than Joe Burrow. And so for my money, you know, there, there are a couple of different things you alluded to. One is you start him. Okay. Along with that, though, you have to tailor a game plan around what he can and can't do. That Monday night game against the Rams, up until the fourth quarter, he was on pace to throw it 60 times in a low-scoring game in which they were ahead for most of the night. I don't know how that makes sense. And then on Sunday, they were down 24-3 to uh, with about five minutes to go in the third quarter. At that point, let's be honest, they weren't coming back. The defense couldn't get a stop. But Tennessee ate up 10 minutes of clock to start the third quarter. It's one thing to start Joe Burrow. It's something else to leave him out there to allow the other team to tee off on him. Uh, in a lost cause. I, I thought it was coaching malpractice. And, and look, th there are a lot of things that Zach Taylor has done as the Bengals head coach that I've been able to get behind. I think he's a good leader. Uh, th this team has won 27 regular season and postseason games between 2021 and 2022, often having to coach around a major deficiency in the offensive line. This is not a bad coaching staff, but somebody in that organization has to tell Joe Burrow no. And I I've used this example. It's probably not one that you're your audience is going to uh, remember off the top of their heads. But in 2016, A.J. Green was going to play on Christmas Eve despite the fact that he had missed weeks with an injury. The game meant nothing. The coaching staff got him ready to play. A.J. got ready to play. The owner said no. The owner, Mike Brown, did the right thing. He or somebody else, I think, needs to step in and go, look, Joe, we know you want to play. We appreciate it. Your teammates respect it. Everybody respects it. You need to get healthy. Because until you're healthy, we can't take off. And we want to take off at some point this year. They have two games before the bye, and then a really tough stretch that includes games against San Francisco, Buffalo, Baltimore on the road. You need Joe healthy for those games. You're not getting him healthy, running him out there, uh, unable to move every single week between now and then. Hey, it's your job to be hyper-focused on the Bengals, obviously, but let's just back 
up the truck and look at the AFC, the New England Patriots absorbing their worst loss. And listen, I don't like Belichick. I just don't like him. But it's very clear <laughs> it's not turning around under his watch. So how long do you think he... I'm not saying he's going to get fired this year. I'm not saying he's even going to get fired next year. I'm saying 2025, unless you think it's sooner or after or not at all. What do you think? Well, Bill really speaks highly of you, and so that's it's surprising to hear you say that. About <laughs> how about that? I'm big on opinions, um, as you know, Mo. Look, this is... Let's go back to the end of the Tom Brady era. That last year with Tom Brady, that team was broken. So, and and even... You know, when they were still competing for and winning Super Bowls, often, you know, they were doing it with a roster that had major, major deficiencies. The quarterback leaves and suddenly those deficiencies, whether they be on the roster or organizationally, get thrust into the spotlight. Look, Bill Belichick might be the greatest NFL head coach of all time. It's been hard to watch the Patriots, I think, the last two years and really feel like things are going in the right direction. Now, you might say they have the wrong quarterback. Maybe they do. You might say they're in a division that's uh, a little bit too difficult. There's certainly some validity to that. But if you watch that franchise, and, and obviously I'm not in New England, but if you watch that franchise, if you watch them play week in and week out, and if you, you watch and then you combine what you're seeing with some of the decisions they've made regarding the coaching staff and just the continued inability to add the right mix of skill guys, at some point, if your franchise isn't going in the right direction, the coach is going to have to pay for it, whether you are unproven head coaches or you're a head coach who's got six rings. And so the, the time is going to come, I think, reasonably soon where Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick are going to have to have a very difficult conversation. Does that mean a firing? Does that mean a dismissal? Does it mean a mutual parting of ways? Does it mean Bill retires? Does it mean he goes to coach some other team? I don't know. But when it's not working and when it's not working for a while, at some point, the, the coach enters everybody's crosshairs. For sure. And, and that's why I'll never be a boss because my thing is that it's not working. We can see it's not working. Let's just end it now. And I know that it doesn't yeah. necessarily uh, work that way uh, for whatever reason. Mo BW in Edmonton writes it and says, happy birthday. So uh, he's got a question. Yeah, he's got a question too. We'll have to bring you back because we got to run. We're, we're done on time. But enjoy the baseball, sir. And... Uh, have a great birthday. If anybody deserves it, it's you, Mo. Yeah, thanks, Rod. It's good to be with you. It's been a while, so thanks thanks for having me. I hope we can do it again soon. Thanks, buddy. You for, for, for sure. Enjoy the ball. Mo Egger from Cincinnati, yes, ESPN Radio. It is his birthday. Sports update coming up and audience takeover. Ken Reed from Sportsnet Toronto at Hour 2. We're live on Game Plus TV, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Lots to get to in this segment. Our final one of our one is promised. The sports update is on the way. I was talking uh, about the Blue Jays celebration. It's just the way that it is now. I'm not going to spend any time on over-celebrating, clinching a playoff spot. It's like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. We're not going to change the coverage of it. It's the way that it is, and I'm not spending time on that either. But Brian in Hudson Bay, the Moose Capital, writes in, 
on the EMJ Marketing text line 902-518-3033. He says, how about Texas? They celebrate after a wild card clincher, go out and lose the next day and lose the division. Now they're on the road against Tampa instead of having a bye and having home field next round in the divisional series. That's an expensive party. LOL. Regarding the passing of one George Reed, one day shy of his 84th birthday, he retired as the Canadian Football League's all-time leading rusher and uh, voted the second greatest player in CFL history. Larry in Medicine Hat writes in and he says, I watched George Reed play in the 1974 Western Final at Clark Stadium against Edmonton. Found out later he was playing with a broken leg. From Wilf in Steinbeck, Manitoba. Hi, Rod and Moose. Sad news on hearing George Reed passing. George was asked once by a reporter why he walked so slowly back to the huddle. George replied, I get paid to run the other way. No one did it better, says Wilf. Um, one thing that George did tell me is he was catching his breath. Was his, but that's what he told the reporters. Uh, pe- uh, Pistol Pete from the Queen City writes in, oh, he writes a novel. I, sorry, I don't have time to read all that. Other than to say very sad about George, I got to know George. The last 10 years as they were with friends with my mother and father-in-law. Yeah, it's long. Uh, Brian is in Hamilton, Ontario. He says, uh, how do Rough Rider fans feel about Dola Gala? I'm very impressed by him. I hope they stick with him. That's the quarterback that's been pressed into service with the injury to number one QB1 Trevor Harris. And uh, they seem happy with him. Yeah, they seem happy with him. Sports update, the Toronto Blue Jays kick off their American League wildcard playoff series against the Minnesota Twins this afternoon at Target Field in Minneapolis. Uh, Twins will host all three games if it goes that far, the best of three wildcard. A 4.38 first pitch there. It's not a day where they're going back to back to back to back. That Texas-Tampa game is 3.08 Eastern. Jays-Twins, 4.38 Eastern. Diamondbacks-Brewers, 7.08 and then Marlins Phillies 808, but it's still great. And they are pretty excited here, as you can imagine, about these Marlins. We're, they're like the Blue Jays. They were sniffing around a playoff spot all year, and they finally got in. But they are on the road. How about this? Teams skipped by Rachel Holman and Reed Carruthers claimed championship titles at the Points Bet Invitational in Oakville, Ontario on the weekend. Holman scored three in the ninth end and hung on to defeat Kerry Anerson 9-7 in the women's final, while Carruthers scored three in the 10th end and won in the sudden death draw off in the 11th to knock off Matt Dunstone's 9-8 in the men's final. And this caught my eye. NASCAR is fining Matt Crafton $25,000 for punching fellow driver Nick Sanchez following the truck series race at Talladega Super Speedway on the weekend. See, the NASCAR playoffs are here in Homestead, Florida, in a few weeks' time. I'm thinking I might take that in. The sports update's brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company. They have the perfect craft beer for your enjoyment, featuring their Core 5. Good Company Hazy Pale Ale, Common Crown Crofted Lager, Journeyman IPA, Brewmaster Blonde Ale, 
and coppersmith brown ale, four of which sit below 5% ABV, making them the ideal beer for your everyday common affair. So most of this hour one was spent looking back. A lot of next hour is going to be spent looking ahead. We'll talk more about the baseball playoffs, tonight's NHL games, whatever football topics you'd like to get to, and Ken Reed of Rogers Sportsnet as well. Stick around after this brief pause. We'll be back. Game Plus and Key Radio. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.